It's Wednesday, July 27th, and today on the Rev Thinking Podcast, Tim Thompson and I are speaking with Trisha Melton about the big shift and what it means to agencies. Welcome to Rev Thinking. Rev Think leverages years of experience and practical wisdom to help owners of top creative studios. So you don't have to choose between following your passion and running your business. Now here's your host, Joel Pilger. Hello from Los Angeles. Yes, today I am actually podcasting just a few blocks from downtown Hollywood. So you'll have to pardon some of the street noise. And if a helicopter happens to fly over, we'll just roll with it. So today I want to ask you, as an owner running your own creative studio, do you ever wish that you could just peek inside the mind of your broadcast clients, you know, just to get a better sense of what they're up against and maybe how you can help them? Well, today we are going to do just that. We're going to take a peek behind the client curtain with Trisha Melton. Trisha is a branding and marketing executive who worked at some of the biggest names in television, and these days, Trisha is a consultant. Well, last month at RevThink's Catalyst workshop during Promax BDA week, Trisha spoke to agencies and the agency owners, and again, Agencies here is simply the term that TV networks use to refer to production companies and studios who produce marketing content like promos, show packages, and so forth. But Tim and I loved what she had to say and thought it would be great to share her insights with our larger audience. So here's a preview of what we're going to talk about today. We start with something we call the big shift, and that is the evolution in television of VOD and OTT, where the viewer really now owns the entire experience. With that comes lots of disruptions, but Trisha asserts that for design and branding agencies that out of chaos comes opportunity. Well, where are those opportunities? We also talk about maybe you don't have to have all the right answers for your clients. Maybe instead you can just start by asking your clients the right questions. And then a little side trail we go down is about branding of your agency and asking the question, when a need arises at a TV network, how does your creative shop's brand or narrow positioning influence whether or not the client calls you with a job? And if your brand is off, how might you get it back on track? So we hope you enjoy the episode. Listen in now as Tim and I explore this and more with Trisha Melton. Okay, welcome, guys. It's uh, great to have Tim Thompson on the line with us. And our guest is Trisha Melton. And for those of you that were at Catalyst, which was the workshop and sessions we put on at Promax BDA in New York, you'll recognize Trisha. But for those of you that don't know her, Trisha was a senior VP at Turner for many years in the marketing and branding side of channels like TNT and TCM and the like. And uh, these days, Trisha is a consultant who focuses on brand strategy, working as a marketing consultant with a focus specifically on content entertainment and marketing. So um, welcome, Trisha. It's really great to have you. Thank you, uh, Joel and Tim. It's really great to be here today. Yeah, it's a pleasure to talk to another consultant. Sometimes we feel like we're in our own little world. So it's nice to have some collaboration going on between the, the different parties that um, seem to help the industry move along, help uh, the companies that we care for uh, think through strategy and ideas. So it's a pleasure to have you with us, Trisha. Love it. It's the consultant's corner today. That's right. Who knows where it could go. 
So, Tricia, before we uh, dive into some of the questions uh, and uh, issues that are burning in our minds, uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your background. You know, most people know you, I think, from your days at Turner, but you obviously have been in the industry a lot longer than that and have made a move into consulting. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your, your background and what's brought you to where you are today? Oh, sure, absolutely. I'll, I'll try to give you my, my elevator pitch history. Um, I am a media girl. I have been in this business practically since I, I came out of college. I started working for a really innovative media company called Whittle Communications. It was headed by this innovator named Chris Whittle. And I launched, one of the first things I did was I launched a news program targeted to teens called Channel One News. Um, and it was a place-based media. It was a uh, it was a news program that was 12 minutes long. It was 10 minutes of news paid by two minutes of advertising. And it was highly controversial. Vanity Fair uh, had Chris Whittle on the cover with a headline that read, Is Chris Whittle the Devil? Um, because we were polluting the minds of students with two minutes of ads. And these were blue chip, you know, blue chip advertisers, talking Nike and Coke and Pepsi and, you know, those types of advertisers. So that's how I got my start. Oh, and little factoid, Anderson Cooper was a fact checker at Channel One News. I, I knew him when he was a fact checker. Wow, that's fun. That's how I got my start in the business. And then from there, I moved to Food Network, which was also still a very young brand. I think it was in about you know 30 million households at the time that I joined and had the pleasure of moving that brand from what I call stir and simmer uh, instructional programming to much more of an, the entertainment brand that it is today with a focus on uh, the chefs as talent and uh, you know, uh, and on the the whole um, people connecting power of food, the social aspect of it. And then from there, I left and did another launch. I launched Oxygen with uh, with Jerry Laborn at the helm, and was also partnered with uh, Marcy Carsey from Carsey Warner Mondebach and Oprah Winfrey. That was an incredibly dynamic, amazing, creative, chaotic, nail biting experience that I did for about three years. And then from there, I decided it was time to move to a little bit more of established brand. I had done a lot of young brands. So I moved to Lifetime, but was there for only a minute, literally. I think it was there six months because I was convinced to move to Atlanta to head up the marketing for TBS. And Steve Coonan was the president at the time of TNT and had just added TBS to his portfolio. And he convinced me to come help him turn TBS from this general entertainment very sort of Andy Griffith Braves baseball network into a true comedy brand. Um, so that that I accepted that challenge, moved to Atlanta, and over the course of eleven years, uh, started with TBS and then added TNT and TCM to my portfolio of brands, and also built uh, the social, the first social media department for all three of those brands from the ground up, as well as handling all the branding. After uh, after Turner had a, a, a very uh, a completely new management structure in place and had some reorganization, um, I left the I left uh, Turner and decided that it was time for me to uh, to go out on my own for a bit and see what, if I could bring my twenty plus years of experience, um, you know, to uh, you know to others and to be able to provide the, that perspective and that grounding that I've had in building content brands. That's amazing. I mean, I love hearing this, the background of what brings people to where they are now and hearing those, those stories. You obviously have been in some interesting places and times and moments, I guess, in the history and evolution of the industry. 
Oh, I have stories. That's for another podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Well, so Trish, when, when we were together in New York, um, I guess about a month ago at Catalyst, I think you really gave some some people, uh, the owners in the room of agencies and you have motion design studios and production companies, some really great stuff to think about. And a lot of people came back and said, hey, can we get that information online or something? And we said, well, great, let's, let's actually do a podcast and talk about these things a little bit more specifically and for a wider audience. But one of the things that you started off talking about was helping everybody in this space just get an overall sense of what's happening in entertainment marketing. And I know your specialty is really the broadcast um, and cable side of things, but can you maybe talk a little bit about the big shift that is underway and what the sort of broadcast and entertainment world is struggling with when it comes to marketing and promotion? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, from my perspective, and this is something that, you know, we've all read about, and it's one of those things that I like to call is a little bit a blinding glimpse of the obvious, but the consumer now really owns the experience. You know, and it's it's one of those situations that we're in right now where it's everybody is launching a digital channel, whether you're a broadcast or a cable company, it doesn't matter. That is a big shift for entertainment marketing executives. We did not always own the customer experience down to the network or brand level. We marketed the content and viewers either loved it, liked it, or hated it, but Time Warner Cable or Xfinity really owned the customer experience. But now every network has or will have their own OTT channel, or if you're Netflix, Amazon, or Hulu, you're already one. And with that comes a shift from not just marketing communications, which is you know, your awareness, consideration, intent to view, and brand, but down to the actual customer experience marketing. I think I mentioned in um, when we when we met in New York that there was a report from uh, Accenture that said that marketing is so inextricably linked to technology that by 2017, CMOs are projected to spend more on information technology and analytics than other than chief information officers. So I think from the agency's perspective, are they positioned to deal with that? How are they to deal with that? And that was a, a word that we heard you say. I don't know if it was five or maybe even ten times was data. It was analytics and metrics. And I think that's, um, I guess it's just a, a shift that's happening in the industry that most agencies, they of course lead with creative first and maybe strategy is sort of in their wheelhouse, but maybe they don't lead with it. Uh, and so it sounds like that increasing role of, of data is becoming more and more important or coming to the front and center. Well, it's becoming more and more important to your entertainment marketing executives. You know, they're beginning to have more access to first person, first party data. You know, as I said, the whole uh, customer experience now is part of the marketing funnel that has to be considered. You know, you don't have the luxury of just being the lofty ideal of brand. Not that brand is not important. Frankly, brand is more important now than ever before because there's a cacophony of, of, of noise and unlimited choices. So, but it's a matter of bridging that brand strategy along with the analytics and, and the creative. So from what you're saying, Tricia, it sounds like the production companies or, or brand design companies have a lot of opportunity in this changing 
marketplace. Absolutely. I think they do. If they can wrap their heads around the fact that entertainment marketers have different challenges to deal with now um, and that the business, you know, it has and is rapidly evolving and entertain. We as entertainment marketers know that we cannot stand still to stand still is, is to die and creative agencies, design agencies, production agencies, while they don't necessarily have to be data masters themselves, they need to understand where their clients are coming from. So what are some of the big challenges that the entertainment entertainment marketers are dealing with that the production agencies, design agencies um, could help take advantage of or step into as an opportunity? Well, you know, I mentioned brand still being, you know, incredibly important. And I, I, I stand by that day and night. Um, as a matter of fact, we did some research when I was at Turner that basically gave us the information that we needed that, that brand was more important now than, than ever before. Um, that it wasn't it wasn't less important in in a world of of digital OTT. Staying very very focused on helping entertainment marketers develop their brands is absolutely key. But another area that is really important is content marketing, and I, I touched on this a little bit. This is an area that's probably keeping your CMOs up at night. You know, it's it's not just what should my new on air package look like. Um, it's how do I develop my brand vision across every platform in a way that is impactful? How do I create a brand content strategy that makes my content, which is my shows, my series, my sports, my new, whatever it is, resonant with my network and with my brand? How do I drive brand value and difference through content creation across a multitude of screens and engage viewers wherever they are with my content? You know, these are the questions that are keeping entertainment CMOs up at night. And by the way, not just in entertainment CMOs, but virtually every CMO. So can I ask you a candid question? Sure. Um, are the, do you think that CMOs are prepared for that? Um, or is this something they've fallen into and are discovering as they go along? They are preparing for it rapidly. They're, they are seeking the right agency partners. They are seeking the right social media partners, they are hiring the right type of, of content marketers to understand this because they know this is an area that is not going away. It, this, is, this is how our business is evolving. There's really a huge learning curve. And so if you were an agency owner um, and you felt like you were behind the, the, the curve a little bit, um, what, what you're saying is, is, often the clients could be feeling that same way that everyone's behind the learning curve. And in this opportunity, the opportunity is in this learning environment, there's a, a lot of ways to step in and facilitate or supplement what the CMOs are looking for. Absolutely. I mean, you know, out of chaos comes opportunity. So yes, everybody is scrambling right now. If there is a person, if <laughs> I don't know an entertainment CMO that says I've got the, you know, I've got the playbook. And if they do, they're, they're looking right at me and lying through their teeth. <laughs> it, you know, it's a little bit the wild west again, but that is actually terribly exciting. And, you know, I think from an agency's perspective, you know, what I would say is if this isn't your core competency, you know what, that's okay. Get smart though. 
And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to suddenly create, a, you know, a totally new division, but find the right partners. You know, I think that that sometimes as I think as both as consultants um, and as agencies, we get a little bit locked in and into what is our specific skill set and you overlook the fact that we can partner um, and combine forces. Yeah, one thing that I've seen is in the changing landscape, just a simple reality is the uh, the reorg, right? You know, so many networks are reorganizing and consolidating departments, going through a merger, that sort of thing. And obviously just the workload of how the work gets done is shifting. And that I can't help but think sometimes that just creates opportunities where agencies can come in and say, hey, you used to have 30 people running this department. You now have seven. We can help. We can support. We can innovate uh, alongside you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the, the reorganization piece is is key. It, you know, it, it's real where we're in one of those cycles where there is consolidation and organization of media companies, networks, of their marketing, their PR, their digital and social groups. All of that is happening you know, at, 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 at virtually every level, broadcasting cable. So these are just, I believe, opportunities for, you know, agencies and, and production companies to come in and provide a very important missing gap. You know, every time there's a consolidation or stri- strategic reorg, it's an opportunity if you understand the goals and the needs of the network and the marketing chief. So that has to lead to the question, what are the goals that the, the marketing is trying to achieve? That obviously, it, it's going to vary depending on, uh, you know, on each brand uh, and where they are sort of in their in their uh, growth cycle. But at a very, very basic level, it's still at its core about developing passion for the network brands and passion for the show and, and bringing those viewers along with you on that storytelling journey. So where would you start? So I'm going to say I'm, I run a production company or I run a motion design or a branding agency, right? So where, where would we start? Like, where would you just kind of begin to say, well, I would maybe look at, you know, these two or three things uh, to make progress on this. Uh, from the agency's perspective, where would I start in terms yeah. of a dream? Okay. Yeah, let's, just, let's pretend you run your own agency yeah. and you have, to, you have to answer that question. So one of the things I think I would do first is I would do a listening tour. I would pick, you know, 10 different clients or potential clients. Maybe they're not clients at all, but, you know, they're, um, they're targets. And I would do a listening tour, and I would do it at the highest level as, that I possibly could, so at the CMO level. But then I would, also, I would also dig deeper down to the director or manager level and talk to them uh, individually about what, what they perceive to be their biggest challenges um, for their brands wow. and for their, you know, for, for their marketing departments. You know what? That's so brilliant. The uh, the answer is often right in front of us, and we don't see it. It's really interesting to think of our clients to, um, as the resource for the solution, um, and then to think that our clients are capable and also willing to give us that direction and those answers. We don't have to walk into a room with knowing everything. The, our clients and our friends that are in the industry that are at the CMO level um, are often as available and comfortable sharing their their issues and their problems and talking to to an agency of, and collaborating with those solutions. A hundred percent. I think that sometimes agencies or consultants like us forget that it's not always about the pitch. 
the most important aspect of building that relationship is really understanding. You know, I use this phrase all the time. What are the things that are keeping you up at night? And that was always one of the most effective when I was running marketing for TNT and TBS and TCM is when I had a, an agency partner that came in and said, I really need to understand what your challenges are. What are your obstacles? What's keeping you from achieving, you know, the KPIs or the strategic goals that you've set out? You know, Tricia, there was something that you said I thought was really provocative, I'm going to say, um, at Catalyst. And you talked about how firms, you know, that are obviously producing creative work, how they position themselves and how they sell themselves and pitch themselves and so forth. And you said this interesting statement. It went something like this. You said, you know, you've branded your firm and that's all well and good, but you need to understand that we, meaning the people inside the, the network on the other side of the table, we've branded you too. So I, I, it's just an interesting, I think, an observation that I would love for you to sort of explain what that means and where does the rubber hit the road in terms of firms, how they need to differentiate themselves? It, it's, you know, it is, it's, it's really ironic and, you know, somewhat counterintuitive, but as agencies that specialize in, in branding, you know, I think sometimes we forget that really understanding and owning our own brands is just as important. And so that, that is absolutely the case. Every agency that I worked with, whether it was a design, production, creative shop, social media shop, in my mind and in the mind of my, my team, they definitely held a brand position. And a brand is nothing but a promise and it's shorthand. Um, you know, in a business-to-business relationship. So I would have my shops that were my go-to in a crisis. There is a fire to put out. And as much as I love, you know, shop A for their creativity and innovation, they take six weeks to get there. But I have another shop that can put out the fire immediately. Um, I had shops that I went to when I needed the off the hook, off, out of this world, ridiculous, blow shit up idea that I knew it was going to be hard to execute, but they could frequently deliver incredibly innovative, nobody ever thought of that ideas. There's not one size that fits all, I think, for most entertainment marketing chiefs. You generally need, you know, a bunch of different agency ingredients, so to speak. The interesting thing is, I think that maybe agencies and consultants aren't always as self-aware as we need to be about what our brand really does stand for. We should ask. We get into many conversations with agency owners, and I'd say it this way. They know what they're trying to say, but I don't think they always know how it sounds. Um, Or you'd say it this way. um, They might be saying it, but we might not be hearing it. And there is a reality to taking what you're trying to accomplish or how you're trying to position your company and then trying it out and asking people. And often the outside consultant or friend um, is much easier to to get a direct response from, or even as you said earlier, to go to one of their clients that they have a relationship with and ask them the questions and understand, are they being understood by their potential clients with the message that they're trying to get out there? Or are they misunderstood and being branded and and pushed to an extreme that they didn't expect to begin with? Yeah, I think it's a case that we need to practice what we preach a little bit. And, you know, really do brand assessments and whether that's with, you know, a consultant, um, whether that's, you know, whether that's actually doing a listening tour with, uh, with your, with your clients at some point. But I think it's important to know, you know, what you, what your brand stands for when you write your brand strategy or your, your, your pitch, 
as, you know, as an agency or as a consultant. But you don't really always know how that brand gets interpreted. The same way that we, you know, that we, that's why we do research as, you know, uh, as entertainment brands. You know, I know what I wanted TBS to stand for. Uh, consumers didn't, you know, didn't always give me back what I wanted to hear. <laughs> that's right. right. I love the practicality of the listening tour that you suggested as maybe a first step, because not only can we understand what are the networks and the entertainers out there, what are they up against, and how can we help them solve those problems, but it's also a great environment to ask them the question, and what are the problems that you call on us to solve? How do you view our relationship? And those are difficult conversations, or maybe uncomfortable, I should say, but I think if you're working at an executive level, it's absolutely a valuable conversation to have. Absolutely. I, you know, and you're right. I mean, sometimes they are a little bit uncomfortable, um, you know, because it's it, you're, 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 you're sort of bearing your soul a, yeah. a, little bit, a little bit to each other. You're bearing your brand soul um, a little bit to each other. But, you know, that's OK. I, I, and I actually think it's necessary to have a really healthy relationship with an agency. So I have another question. If your consultancy currently provides um, strategic advisory for the C-level executives, um, but what if we were to change places and you were working at RevThink and had to consult to the agencies? Mm -hmm. um, what would your goal be for an agency if you were consulting them, if you were in our position? My goal would be to help the agency understand what their goals are. <laughs> What, what, what really are your goals? Where is your sweet spot, you know, in this crazy industry category? You know, what is the thing that really defines you? What's your differentiator? You know, that's, you know, that's, that's the core of a brand. What is your secret sauce? That's what I would want to help agencies figure out. So Trish, that leads me to ask what I'm going to call uh, the million dollar question because I know it's on the minds of pretty much every agency owner. And we, we saw this uh, firsthand in New York. And that is, okay, so in light of everything we've said here, how does a creative agency that really believes they have solutions to these challenges, how do they get their foot in the door? How do they make progress? How do they actually reach someone inside the network and, you know, break through where they can, they feel like they can make an impact? Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's a multi-pronged approach. I think you have to build great relationships and sometimes that takes time. It takes having the right or building the right contacts. And sometimes it just takes luck. You know, sometimes it's just pure dumb luck that allows you to get your foot in the door. But when you do, you sure as hell better leverage it because you don't often get second or third chances. And then the other thing I think that is really key is, and this is going to sound like such a cliche, but it's not. It's about doing great work. And great work can, can, can be the award-winning, mind-blowing, beautiful creative, or great work can also be really helping me solve a business problem that I've got. And maybe the creative solution isn't the sexiest, but it's the most effective. Yeah, I love that because I think a, a really awesome sweet spot is can we solve both of those problems? You know, can we solve a creative problem and a business problem all at once? Because I think that's where, you know, a lot of agencies can really shine and make a huge impact. 
Well, I hope so, because the client's not coming to you just to solve a creative problem, because if there's a creative problem, there's a business problem attached to it. So you do need to be able to do both. You need to be able to understand the business problem and then figure out how to attack it creatively. I think you're confirming things that Joel and I often say, which is um, what we tell our clients is you have to do great work consistently. Um, We know a lot of agencies that are trying to do the one great job. Uh, They'll spend extra money and think this one job, this one breakthrough will make their year. And not that a good project or something, a project of notoriety, award-winning project um, doesn't give you a small boost. But if you're consistent with your work, it sounds to me from, from what you're telling us today is that you're known for that as well. So consistent good work um, will include you in many, many more opportunities than if you're just trying to get the one project and then fade away. Absolutely. And I, and, and, and believe me, I'm, 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 we've all done that as, you know, as people who've led marketing teams, we have all chased the hot agency of the moment because they did some amazing campaign and we're deeply envious because that's what we are as entertainment marketers. We're always deeply envious of what somebody else has done that, um, that, you know, that we admire and respect and we want it for ourselves. So, uh, or we want it for our brands. Um, So we've all chased the hot shop only to be at the end of the day, disappointed because the work didn't deliver against the promise. And, you know, there are a thousand reasons for why that happened. You know, the hot shop suddenly has more work than it has resources for. You get, you know, you get a junior team assigned to your project. You don't get the top thinking. It can happen for a million reasons, but it happens. And when it happens, you know, and it's a negative experience, like I said, occasionally you'll get a second chance, but not often. Yeah, that hot project of the month or hot project of the year um, one element that we can't control is often timing. So even it sounds like to me, like even from the marketing's point of view, seeking out and trying to find the hot new person or the hot new look that has been developed doesn't necessarily come back to your brand the same way because the timing has changed. You know, the second person doing it is not the same as the first person going out there and doing it and many other elements that that play out over a year. That's 100% correct. The one thing I will say that I think is consistent as marketers is that we always, we are always on the search and seeking innovative and fresh new thinking. We are always looking. It's the cost of doing business in this industry. I mean, we're storytellers. We're in an entertainment category where there is a new shiny thing for the viewer every time you turn around. We have to innovate constantly. So although we, what we do for a living might be production and live action or design or branding, but what we really need to focus on is being an innovation company that executes um, using that specialty, not taking your specialty and trying to make a whole brand around that. Correct. Yes. That's great. That's perfect advice. I love the way you think, Tricia. I think that um, you, uh, it's nice to have a fresh mind out there and for you to be able to share with us and our clients some of the perspectives that happen on the other side of the table. Um, I think it's hard to be in your own mind from a creative agency point of view, um, to be the pitch person or to be the one that feels like you're constantly being asked to solve a problem that sometimes feels impossible. So it's nice to have that perspective that you're giving us that the other side of the table has those same issues and they're looking for partners to, to solve the problems with them. That's one of the things that I'm enjoying about consulting right now is that I'm able to bring that perspective. I have, I have walked in those shoes. I have lived in those shoes. Um, you know, I, I really understand the, you know, the challenges and what 
entertainment brands are up against today, down, you know, down to the, the very level of organizational structure. Um, so it's nice to be able to, to bring that perspective. So to wrap it up, let's, uh, I'm going to put you in the hot seat. I want you to make a, a five-year prediction that when we dust this thing off in five years and we pull it back off and pull it out and listen to it, we're going to hear your voice be the voice of a prophet. So what's your five-year prediction that we're going to be accountable to when we uh, set our reminder for five years from now? No pressure. Okay. Here's my prediction five years from now about basically sort of, well, about how we'll experience TV, what what will happen in terms of, of live TV specifically. So I think that five years from now, the that live tv will consist so i'm talking about live viewing you know actually watching uh you know a a show in the moment will consist of three basic areas sports breaking news events big breaking news events not day-to-day news and um and live events like you know the, the academy awards uh the whiz um i think that we will see a shift a continued shift to on-demand viewing for all other types of programming, whether it's scripted comedy, scripted drama, you know, even reality, which potentially reality will, will hold on um, to a live viewing experience just because of the, the water cooler effect. But I think that is going to continue to happen. Those are going to be the drivers for actual live viewing. So the, you know, the, the impact of that will, it will be massive for entertainment marketers. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll have to shift from everything being about, and we were already starting to see this, by the way, you're starting to see this just in terms of how networks are report ratings. Now, nobody's paying Nobody's reporting live ratings. It's all, you know, C3 or live plus, uh, or live seven. Um, that's becoming, you know, that's, that's become the standard, but that shifts, marketing has to shift that way as well. We have, you know, you're not, you're not about pushing tune in. You're about building a viewing experience that could, that could be happening at, at any time from, you know, any, at any point from when you launch or announce a show. And from a brand perspective, you have to make your brand really matter. It has to really stand for something for people to be able to link your shows, your programs to your brand. So it sounds like the marketer of the future has a little bit more PT Barnum in them, be able to drive the attention for the live event happening right here, right now. Well, you've got to be PT Barnum meets Steve Jobs meets, you know, Einstein. (laughs) (laughs) There's always an Einstein in that meet somewhere. going to mix people together. You know, it is it's it is going to be a very interesting combination of the power of data and the power of creativity to build brands. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Five years. We're going to hold you accountable. We'll see All what right. happens. I'm down for that. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, Trisha. Thank you so much. Like Tim said, for bringing that wider perspective uh, from the client side of the world and I guess helping us all sort of see inside their heads a bit. So we're not just constantly wondering what are they thinking over there and how can I help? I'm so happy to do it. I'm glad I could be your, your peek behind the curtain. That's awesome. Thanks for listening to Rev Thinking. For more insights on running your creative studio or to ask us a question, visit revthink.com. We'd love to hear from you.
I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.